0: Well, hey, friends. I hope you're doing well. Like I said, my name is Logan, and I'm on full-time crew staff here at Ball State. Um, I have the honor of leading the Johnson guys. Um, So, and if you're wondering where they're sitting, now you know. Um, I also have the wonderful uh, honor to lead or co-lead the weekly meeting team, the team that sets up, tears down, rehearses, makes graphics for um, the weekly meeting. And they work really hard. Uh, and I'm really proud of this team. So yeah, they don't, they don't give enough, or get enough credit for what they do. So, um, sorry, I'll try not to hit that. Um, just a couple quick things to get to know me a little bit, um, in case you were wondering. Yes, there was a time when I did not have facial hair. Um, my inner man is about 60 years old, because I like things that people my age don't like, like tangible maps, um, talking on the phone. Um, and going outside, so that's fun. Um, so, uh, when I was in college here at Ball State a few years ago, um, I was a TCOM major. Any other TCOM majors? All right, go TCOM. Uh, so, when I was a TCOM student, um, I would really love movies. And there were a couple classes that I would take where we would analyze movies, we'd watch them. Um, and kind of critique them by the cinematography, by the dialogue, even the lighting, we would take a look at that. And so during my time I realized there's one aspect of movies that I really, really enjoy, and that is character development. You know, what makes the main character go? What gives them the history and the complex motives to do what they do? So, um, I decided to bring a clip of one of, or a movie that I very much enjoy, um, and so we're gonna go ahead and watch this here real quick. Hi, Todd Mahar, eHarmony. How can I help you today? Hi, I can't seem to leave a wink for someone. I don't know. Is my page broken? Do I do I maybe have a broken page or? Uh, I've never heard of that, but okay. Uh, you're trying to use your eHarmony account for the first time. I am. OK, uh, I'm looking at your profile. We have a pretty intricate matching algorithm that's what distinguishes us from other online dating services. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I'm just trying to leave a wink for one person. Cheryl Melhoff. She started in my division at work about a month ago, and I overheard her near the bagel saying she was on your site. Uh, OK, that's unique. But let me ask you, you left a lot of this stuff, like, like the been there, done that section, you left it blank. Yeah, I think I skipped it. Okay, you've got to help me out here, man. Don't skip stuff. Okay, well, I haven't really been anywhere. Noteworthy or mentionable. Have you? Have you done anything noteworthy, mentionable? Hello, you still there? Can you hang on a second? Flow. Go! Go! Chips. Over here! Chips! Thank you! How'd you know about the building? I heard barking. Thought I smelled gas. Oh, I hope it's okay. I engineered a prosthesis for Chips while I was sprinting down the stairwell. Little hip joint assembly with a drop ring lock and an anterior pelvic band. God, you're noteworthy! I just live by the ABCs. Adventurous, brave, creative. That's everything I want in a man. My man, you still there? Hey. What, did you pass out, or...? No, I just, like, zoned out for a second. Oh, okay. Do you do that a lot? Uh... <laughs> well, this movie is called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, um, and it follows... Whoa! <laughs> it follows this guy named Walter Mitty. Go figure. Um, and so, in this movie, Walter Mitty does not live a very exciting life. Um, And even from that kind of analytical standpoint, his life is very gray. All the colors around him are black, white, and gray. Um, And it's only in these visions where he kind of zones out that things become colorful. And so um, Walter Mitty, he, he spends the first half of the movie zoning out and dreaming about being this person that he's not. And so, it's a really interesting movie. I highly encourage you check it out, because I really enjoy it. Um, but it kind of poses the question, but how quick are we to be, want to be a certain way, but we're not? We always perceive of like, yeah, I want to be the hero, I want to be the sports star, the last minute catch in the end zone, the last second goal. And how quickly do we perceive ourselves as the heroes that we think we are? So tonight, we're going to dive into the story of one of my favorite people in the Bible, and that is Peter. And We're going to continue our talk series, um, Second Chances. Unlikely people, doing, or, or, uh, unlikely people <laughs> can accomplish great things. So before we dive in, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Um, we thank you for bringing us here to Pruis Hall tonight, Lord, to hear your word. Would you speak through me? Would you open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us today? We pray this in your name, amen. So, Peter, not only is he one of my favorite, but he's also the person that I relate most to in Scripture. And that's because Peter fails a lot. So, we're going to pick up in Luke 5, chapter 1, or verse 1 through 11, uh, where we first see Peter in Scripture. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, being Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, And saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when he had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, And their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with them were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John's son of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. So Simon, who will soon to be named Peter, um, this is where we pick up. Peter's a fisherman. This is what he knows. And he just got done toiling all night trying to catch a single fish and got nothing. So you know he is exhausted. He is feeling frustrated. And Jesus comes and meets him here. But Peter, he's all in. He sees Jesus' work, and he's so eager to follow Jesus. It's not a perfect journey from there. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know where he'll sleep. doesn't even know where, if he's going, has Wi-Fi. So then, we follow Peter through the scriptures. He's learning from Jesus. He's spending time with Jesus. He's eating with Jesus, answering questions from Jesus. A notable scripture to mention is when Jesus says, I will name you Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. So if you don't know, the name Peter actually means a rock. So Peter's thinking like, oh, okay, you just renamed me, and you'll build a church off of me, that's cool. Another notable scripture to notice, Matthew 14, Jesus appears to the disciples walking on water. And the disciples are afraid, they don't know what's going on. And Peter says, Lord, if that is you... Call me out upon the water with you. So Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat and physically stands and walks on the water towards Jesus. And once he begins to notice what he's doing, that he's actually walking on water, he begins to sink. Jesus catches him and says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then we're going to pick up again in Luke 22, verses 33 and 34. 34 where this is the night that Jesus will be arrested, he will be betrayed, and he will be going towards his death on the cross. He says to the disciples, one of you will betray me. And Peter's response says, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. So, In all the scriptures that we've looked at so far, of all the stories of Peter that we've seen, Peter is all in. He's so eager to take that step. He's the one that says, call me out upon the water. He's the first person to ask questions. He's the one that says, I will go to prison with you. I will die for you. This very same chapter, verses 54 through 62. Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away. Bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as in the light, seeing him as he sat in the light and close, looked looking closely at him, said, "This man also was with him." But he denied it, saying, "Woman, I do not know him." And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter, the one that is all in, the one who is so, so eager to follow Jesus, the one who said, I will go to prison for you, I will even die for you. When a servant girl with no authority says, hey, weren't you with Jesus? He just backs away. He's like, no, I do not know him. And how quick he is just to abandon his faith. There's a book that I read um, in preparation for speaking here this evening. It's called When We Get It Wrong by Dominic Smart. It's 93 pages and it's one of the few books where I could not set it down because i was so intrigued i highly suggest that you check it out at one point dominic smart says do you see how much he is denying him he has walked with christ laughed with him eaten with him marveled at him worshipped him his whole life has been transformed by christ he has been rescued spiritually and physically by christ He has spent time on him. He has had time spent on him by the eternal son of God. He has been prayed for and he is screaming, I don't know him. This is who Peter is. He's thinking that he's this great man of faith. He has it figured out. (laughs) He's so eager to go in with Jesus and to follow him not knowing where he's going to be called out on the water with him. But as soon as things get tough, Peter begins to sink. As soon as his life is threatened, I do not know him. Jesus looks at him, and you can just tell the guilt that Peter felt in that moment. Jesus is across this courtyard. He's not even in earshot, but Jesus knows in that moment He sees right through Peter. He sees who he really is and what he has really done. Peter is completely exposed. His weakness, exposed. Who he really is, exposed. Peter's so quick to stand up for Jesus when things are going well, but when hard times come, His faith is very fickle. It's easily shaken, and he quickly abandons it. And we, too, are so quick to think of ourselves as strong, capable people. I would be willing to bet that at one point or another, a scenario has run through your head of, oh, if this happens, I'll totally do the heroic thing. So when hard times come, how do you respond? Are you the faith-filled person that you think you are? Or are you like Peter? Are you trusting right now? You're like, nah, I'm not like Peter. I'm strong. I know what I'm doing. Or have you ever said things like, I just feel so distant from God right now. Or something along the lines of like, I just don't see God working in my life right now. How quick are we just to abandon our faith When things are going well, it's so easy to say, God, thank you for this beautiful day. Sunshine, it's great. I got an A on my test. All right. But when things get hard, you change your major and you don't know where your life is headed. You get sick and you don't know when you'll be well again. A family member passes away and you feel lost and empty inside. How do you respond? This is Peter's rock bottom. He has nothing left. Three years he spent with Jesus, and it's just gone. His Savior, arrested and murdered. His hope is gone. I became a Christian my sophomore year of college when I lived here in Stew West. But if you would have asked me any time before that if I was a Christian, I would have said yeah. But I had no clue what Christianity was all about. I just thought, yeah, I'm a good person. I go to church. I never murdered anyone, so that's a good thing. In high school, I was very involved in my youth group. I would be there all the time, every week. And I had students, or other students, and even my youth pastor tell me that I was a leader of this youth group. Um, since I was always there, I was so quick to answer questions. I was so quick to um, to take action and be the leader that people perceived me to be. And so I I thought, I was like, I have it all together. I have it figured out. Things are a okay And then, when hard times came, I wasn't the strong man that I thought I was. I struggled, and I struggled hard. I quickly realized I am weak. I do not have it figured out at all. You know, I kind of, uh, chalked it up to being an internal processor, but I just never talked to anyone about it at all either. So I kind of hid behind a mask of like, no, I still have it figured out, don't worry about me, I'm okay. And so when things continued to go bad, things continued to get worse. I struggled with depression in high school, and I hope that you never have experienced depression before, but things, even things that you enjoy, Just feel bland they feel gray kind of like in Walter Mitty there's just no color in his life it's just it just feels broken and there's just nothing that can kind of pull you out of that and so again I continue to hide it things continue to get worse so I turn to things like sex and smoking and drinking things continue to get worse And I, uh, I wanted to kill myself. I struggled with suicide for the longest time. Did I tell anyone about it? No. I was ashamed. I wanted to be the strong person that people saw that I was. I put on this mask. <laughs> I was afraid of people seeing who I really was. So, that's how I responded. Things continue to get worse. Family members died. So, it begs the question then, this is how Peter responds. This is how I respond. I don't know how you respond, but how does Jesus respond when we hit our rock? bottom? Sorry, I'll stop trying to move around a little bit. So, how does Jesus respond? He has every right not to forgive Peter for what he's done. He could so easily say, I'm going to die for your sins, but not you, Peter. You betrayed me. Three times, actually. Not once, not twice, three times you said, you do not know who I am. I'll die for these other people, but not you. He could easily say that to me, too. He says, I was right here, but you looked at sex and drinking and smoking instead. Where were you? Why'd you go that way? One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Mark 16, 1 through 7. And it says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Siloam brought spices so that it may go in and anoint him. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. One of the reasons it's verse 7 is is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. um, Solely because of those two words in the passage. And Peter. Man, I've i been at the rock bottom that Peter is surely experiencing. It's a little different, but I know how he feels, the amount of guilt, the weight of what he has done. And you know he does not deserve to be with Jesus at all. Like I said, Jesus has every right to say, not you, Peter, but here you see, and Peter. When he was denying him, Jesus looked at him. And that was probably the most piercing gaze in the history of humanity. Jesus sees right through who Peter really is, the weakness that he is. No one, not me, not you, not Peter, can hide from those piercing eyes of Jesus. Jesus. He even told Peter before he denied him, hey, you will deny me. He knows your sins before you even do it. But he still went through what he did. He still went to the cross. He still was murdered for you, even though he knew you were going to fail. You are weak. You cannot do life on your own. But he still went and died because he loves you. And Peter calls him by name, calls you by name. So Peter goes on and continues in ministry. Thankfully, he is the rock that Jesus said that he was going to be. He went on and he helped to found the church. In Acts 2, you see him give a five minute sermon, and 3,000 people come to know Jesus just like that. In Acts 3, he heals a lame beggar in the streets. The lame beggar gets up and walks for one of the first times in his life. In Acts 4, he stands before the very council that condemned Jesus and preaches the gospel to them. (laughs) When they say, Stop preaching the gospel. This is not the work of a lowly fisherman, but this is the work of a redeemed Peter who is loved unconditionally by Jesus Christ. So I want to ask, when hard times fall, not if, when, hard times come upon you, where are you going to turn? Sure, you could look, you could turn to things that you think will satisfy you, turn to friends, turn to your significant other, but they're just going to let you down. And I looked for everything to kind of dig me out of that pit of depression, and everywhere I looked would just dig a deeper hole. I promise you, you will not find any love, any satisfaction like Jesus. Because if in your darkest moment, when you deny him, If he's still willing to go to the cross for you, when you are in that lowest of low of the lowest of the low, he's always going to be there. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He knows who you are, the real you, the sinful you. But Jesus still loves you. It's hard to wrap your mind around it that no matter what it is that you've done, Jesus is still there, no matter what. I'm, on, I'm a missionary, I'm a full-time missionary, and it still bloggles my mind. Yeah, I know I said bloggles. <sighs> I'm confident my speaking ability, it's okay. So, I want to close by reading you one more passage from that book, When We Get It Wrong, by Dominic Smart. In this passage, he's talking about the first time that Jesus meets Peter on the boat. When Peter is tired, exhausted, and he's toiled all night long trying to catch fish but caught nothing. Dominic Smart says, we missed the point. That when Jesus reached out and lifted Peter's life onto a completely different level, transforming his life forever, he met him at the point of futile, profitless toil, tiredness, and inevitable self-doubt. The point where you feel lowest and most useless, the point where you find yourself praying, Lord, get me out of the way, will you? Is precisely the point where Jesus reaches out to you and begins to lift your life and transform your service. Opening your eyes to the wonderful truth that the best thing we can bring to God is a pair of empty hands. Friends, in your weakness, Jesus is there. Run to him. If you do not know him, and I hope that changes, come talk to me. Because where I was in rock bottom, That's where I found Jesus. I wanted the easy way out, but I got the best gift in the world instead. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for who you are, for seeing right through us. Though we are weak, though we mess up, though we cannot do things on our own, we know that you are there. And we thank you for continuing to the cross regardless of what we have done. God, we thank you. We know that you love us, Lord. And we ask that we just get to know a little bit more tonight just how much that you love us. Amen.